And I said to him, and this is where it goes all wrong, you guys cracked me up. We discussed this yesterday. It was supposed to be six inches above the top two step. Now it's level. He gets angry with me and he goes, why do you want it that way? This is the plaintiff, Laura Ruderman. She says she hired the defendant to build her a deck so her mother could enter and exit an inflatable pool she purchased. The deck he built was not level. It wasn't safe, and it was totally unusable. So she wants her $1,300 return. And she's suing for just that. This is the defendant, Ken Weston. He says the plaintiff's a nasty person who berated him the entire time he was building her deck. He's done everything to please this woman. Even ripped down the deck he initially built and built her an entirely new one. But she's still not happy and never will be. He's accused of being off kilter. All parties, please raise your right hand. What you are about to witness is real. The participants are not actors. They are actual litigants with a case pending in civil court. Both parties have agreed to drop their claims and have their cases settled here before Judge Marilyn Millian in our forum, the People's Court. People's Court is now in session. The Honorable Judge Marilyn Millian is now presiding. Litigants have been sworn, Your Honor. Thank you, Douglas. You're welcome. Okay, Ms. Ruderman, you are suing Mr. Weston and K West Home Improvements LLC for the money that you paid him to build a deck and then some, because according to you, the uh, stairs or deck that he built for you didn't work and wasn't what you had asked for. Tell me what happened here. Good afternoon, uh, Judge. Uh, I asked for a freestanding deck that was small, three to four feet. And I specified that I wanted the deck six inches above top pool step. Why did you want it six inches above? Okay, so uh, when I erected this pool, I wasn't really pleased with the filter system. And I wasn't really happy with the pool. It was only three feet deep. So This is an above-ground pool? Yes, it's one you erect. It's, uh, okay. And I, you take it down and you erect it. Yeah. So... Um, I knew it's not what I wanted next year. I okay. want to get a different kind of pool, something deeper, okay. four feet. Okay. So you tell him that, and what happens? He builds it six inches below the top pool step. Did it's he? Below the six full pool. inches below? Do you think he misunderstood you? Well, I don't see how. I sent him a text okay. saying I sent him the prefab steps with the tape measure. We okay. discussed it before he built it. Okay. He, he also mentioned that when we put the steps, he would mount it underneath the steps. How are you going to mount it underneath the steps if it's six inches below the pool? That was his idea. Okay. Was he not the one who built it? Did he send somebody else to build it? No, he built it and he brought his co-worker with him. Okay. And it was his idea. And then what? And then do you come back and you see what they've done and it's not what you discussed or you were there the whole time? I was at the house the whole time. I would come out periodically. Listen, Judge, everything was fine until that last day. I came out at 3 o'clock, and I see now, after he fixed it, now the deck is level with the top step. 
And I said to him, and this is where it goes all wrong. You guys crack me up. We discussed this yesterday. It was supposed to be six inches above the top pool step. Now it's level. He gets angry with me and he goes, why do you want it that way? Well, I'm very frustrated at this point. So I tell him, it doesn't matter why I want it that way. It's what I asked for. So now the bottom step is all messed up. So I ask him, what are you going to do about that bottom step? It's over two feet from the ground. And he says, I need more wood. And I said, well, I already paid you for the wood. He said, did I, did I say you need to get it? I said, no, I need to get it. So I come back out and he has built, he has poured cement. He has not adjusted the height of the step at all. And then he took two pieces of wood and he adjusted the height only on the front. So now it's six inches above, but the back is still six inches below. So the deck is now not level. And I said to him and his co-worker, the deck isn't level. His co-worker shrugs. He says, oh, that's so the water can run off. <laughs> okay, He's let me hear from you, Mr. Weston. Good afternoon, Your Honor. Uh, well, part of what she says is correct. You know, I went there, I built a deck. Um, I don't recall her stating that she wanted it six inches above. On the day that I started the job, she didn't say anything about the height or, or anything. Okay, but I have a okay, text she where the- she texts you before you start the job, and you've seen that text. You've now, now you say you don't recall, yeah, you may not have recalled, long- but you know for a fact that she texted you beforehand and said, I want it to be it six was, inches. It wasn't clear. Uh, okay, wasn't clear. hold on. Let's see what the text says. It wasn't clear. Let's see. Six inches above the top step. This is when she's asking you for a quote. She says six inches above the top seven. There's something that's not clear about that. Ask her what she meant. But it's pretty out there. Okay. Well, first of all, she sent me the text several weeks prior to starting the job. And so I who didn't can expect you to text. remember what she wanted? So, okay. so when I started the job, I feel she should have reiterated the whole process. Because contractors need to be again. reminded constantly of what was already discussed. Okay. I mean, well, come on. we're human beings <laughs> and we forget now, you know, we're not perfect. No, you know? that's why you should have, have something so- in writing. Did you did you provide anything in writing back and forth or you should reread your text one or the other? You apparently acknowledged that you didn't do what she asked for. And you came back the next day to try to fix it and make it right and make the customer happy. Correct? Yeah. After she totally berated me and called me incompetent and called me all kinds of names and, you know, I, I had just, I was at my wit's end because I had trialed more than once to make her happy. And it was like nothing I could do make, could make her happy. Okay, but you came back you know? on day two in order to fix what she was complaining about. So how did you, how did you fix on day two what she was complaining about? Well, I, I raised the deck within reason. I couldn't totally raise it like what she wanted because it was just, it was just not, it was not feasible. At Why that not? Point. I would have had to basically break down the whole deck and buy right. all new wood and start. Right. Again, so it know? was feasible. And it was just not economically feasible for you. But had you remembered what she'd written uh, in her text? Because normally you, your side would say she never said any such thing. And her side would say, yes, I did. But she's actually got it in writing where she texts you before the job telling you exactly what she wanted. So yeah, what happened I, that I totally day on day two, according to you, she spent the entire time berating you while you're working. Tell me about that. 
Well, no, not not the entire time. At the end of the job, she watched me construct the whole deck. She waited till I was completely finished to come out and tell me that it wasn't at the height she requested. Okay, while she came out for cigarette breaks the whole time and watched the height of the deck Wait, as I what, was constructing. Physically, what did you do? Because you didn't reconstruct it. So, what did you do instead to try to get well, it the six I, I inches above? It. How did you raise it? What'd I you raised. Do? I raised it by How? removing it and 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 removing it, the, the beams and, and, and lifting it up and resetting it. Are these the steps you built? Like that's, you have some of the wood is on the concrete. To, some of it isn't what the concrete is underneath the, what's going uh, on. The, there? the wood is going, it's going into the concrete because it's, it, it, it strengthens the, the post. But why isn't it going to the, the concrete step? on the other side? Because it, it was attached to the, uh, to the, to the other deck. The hell is going on here? What is this a picture of, Ms. Ruderman? That is the block of wood that he cut from somewhere to hoist it above the pool, the six inches I asked, but he didn't, he didn't do the same thing on the other side. So the deck goes like that on a slant. Is this the finished product that I'm looking at, Mr. Um, Weston? Yeah. Like, how is someone supposed to step on that first step when it's that much higher than the ground? Well, originally it wasn't like that, Your Honor. Right. So you it's know, the and, repair and that you like did said, in order I, to get I, it to comply with what she had requested that made it look this weird. Right. Correct. Yeah, I know. Well, but that's not a repair then, is it? So what's happening with the steps right now, Ms. Rodeman? Well, Your Honor, it can't be used. It's not safe. I got in and out of the pool on a ladder that uh, came with the pool. But my mother wasn't able to use the pool during the summer because she likes to float in the pool and she couldn't. You paid him a total of $961.85. Why are you suing for more than that? Because I has to get ripped out and carted away. Yeah, but he where do you get the in. evidence that that's what it costs? It was, it was an You can't estimate. just pull it out of the sky. That's not how it works. I know? did. I did, Your Honor. So that's on me. <sighs> so... Mr. Weston, here's what I think happened. I think it's pretty clear. You forgot she wanted it six inches above, and then you tried to take the most economical approach for your pocket, which was to just kind of jury rig it there with a bunch of, you know, with a slab of concrete and a this and a that. to try, And that just wasn't going to fly. And then um, you're surprised that Ms. Ritterman wasn't going to accept that, you know, when she has evidence that she, it's your fault that you didn't build it the way she asked you to, six inches above? If she would have been more clear with me from the beginning, I would have built it exactly how she wanted it. How it much more clear? Well, what did you, what, what, if you didn't understand what she said, why she didn't, didn't you specify? She, no, but she, she said six inches she above. Didn't. See, this is where some, a little something I like to call a contract would help out, right? Because if there were a written contract between you two, then everybody's forced to sit down, figure it out, and make sure it's clear. Okay, this built this way, above this, you know, so, you know, and everybody's real clear on what it is. But like you, you kind of, this is the only thing she sent you were these texts. And it's the one thing you didn't read. So I don't know how you guessed at what she wanted. I just think that you botched it. And when you botch it, 
you then do this patch job kind of silliness with a slab of cement and half this and then a joist lifted and a slant that you wouldn't, you admit you wouldn't otherwise have put. Maybe it's more than what I would have put, but, and then you expect her to accept it. Does she look like the kind of lady who's going to accept that? She was mad day one and she just got madder day two. I'm going to order you to return the $961.85. That's my verdict. Good luck, folks. So the plaintiff prevails in this case. She's going to get $961 back, not the $1,300 she was seeking. Mr. Weston, you actually agreed with the judge. You made a mistake. You didn't remember that text message. What are you thinking now? Well, you're not, you're I, not surprised, I that she should have. She should have communicated to me on the day of the job what she wanted because I'm a human being and, you know, people forget things, you know. You know, and, and, and if she would have communicated that effective with, effectively to me, I would have done it right from the start, and this would have never happened. Because I go out of my way to make sure my customers are happy, and, and I'll do anything. But when you disrespect me, berate me, belittle me, call me incompetent, then I'm not going to show up. I'm not coming back. I'm not a doormat for anybody. That's all I have to well, say. Well, you know, I understand how you feel, but unfortunately, you're going to have to give that money back. That's that's it. Bottom line, she's not happy. So be it. Do what she wanted, and you got to give it back. Okay. Okay. Ms. Ruderman, you're gonna get your money back. How about that? Hey, Doug, I'm happy about that. Uh, let me say the defendant was not truthful. I never called him any names. The thing that upset him was when I said, "You guys cracked me up." We discussed this yesterday, and then he just, I guess, in his own mind, thought up whatever. His co-worker drank my wine coolers, so that he was drinking on the job. I don't know about Ken, but his co-worker certainly was. All right. Well, look, congratulations. I hope you can eventually get it fixed the way you want it, but uh, at least you're going to get your money back. All right. So congratulations. Thank you, Doug. Well, Doug, this is an interesting one because here texts made all the difference. The plaintiff had texted about how high the deck should be. The defendant didn't follow suit. And as a result, the plaintiff won again putting things in writing, making it clear before the contract is executed is everything. Has either Marilyn or John represented family as lawyers? I've spent most of my career, as you know, either as a federal prosecutor or as a judge, but there was a brief period of time where I was not. And yes, I have represented a few family members and friends. Um, I had a parking ticket for you. Right. What'd you tell the judge on that I one? one? Well, I, I explained, I, t I talked to the judge. I said, judge, um, I, I have a defense. It's not a good defense, but it's my wife's defense. <laughs> and I started to explain it. And he listened and he was smiling. He goes, oh, geez, you got sent down here to defend your wife's parking ticket? <laughs> he goes, you're, no matter what, you're screwed. And I said, <laughs> uh, he said, I'm just going to dismiss it. <laughs> he dismissed the ticket. So I'm batting a thousand on parking tickets. And I also did, I did a DUI once for a friend, a close friend. Um, oh, that's right. I remember that. Got it dismissed on a speedy trial technicality, which was great. And it was a marginal case anyway. He really wasn't, uh, I don't think he was intoxicated. And um, I think he learned his lesson anyway. He learned his lesson. I think so. So what about you? I have. I've represented my father on a moving violation uh, and I won it. And then I, I have represent, I'm sure I've, oh, I represented a friend of mine who had, uh, uh, had racked up like, you know, $8,000 in 
toll violations Whoa. and uh, you, a, 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 a fine you among fines. the book at her. Yeah, well, they worked <laughs> out a payment plan kind of thing. Uh, I can't remember, but it was it was right. it was a lot. But I, I needed to help her out because she was really in trouble. But you know, one thing, I, one lesson I did learn from doing that is some of this stuff is so specialized. And you think, you know, well, I was judge yeah. or I, I've, I've done all different kinds of things. I've tried a lot of cases. You may not know the ins and outs of DUI or DWI uh, defense. Right. And these, these guys who do it, these men and women who do it are so good and so specialized. They know all the arcane rules, all the right. procedural but things. But let's be, let's, let's, let's be frank. When our friends and family have asked us for help throughout right. our lives, it's because they don't want to pay money. Yeah, I guess so. Right. That's what it's about. So really, they don't, they're not the looking for specialized. Right. The price is right. Yeah, right. That's true. Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Whether it's routine maintenance and emergency repair or a dream project, Angie lets you compare quotes from multiple local pros, browse homeowner reviews, and even book a service instantly. Angie's been connecting people with skilled pros for nearly 30 years. So the next time you have a home project, bring it to Angie to get your job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. This is the plaintiff, John Marola. He says he sold a glass high beam yacht light, and he hired the defendant to pack and ship it for him. The thing arrived, damaged, and he's suing for $500 he's owed. This is the defendant, Charlie Hawkins. She says the plaintiff showed up with a pre-packaged Amazon box with one item in it, and she shipped it for him through FedEx. He put a claim in through insurance, and it was denied due to poor packaging. And she owes this guy nothing, and says he better stop harassing her and her family. She's accused of breaking things up. All parties, please use your right hands. Welcome back to the People's Court. Next case on the docket, the plaintiff says that the yacht light that he tried shipping via the defendant was shattered and he wants his money back. But the defendant says the package arrived damaged because it was packaged poorly and she's not paying him anything. It's the case of yachts up. Litigants have been sworn, Your Honor. Thank you, Douglas. You're welcome. Okay, Mr. Marola, you are suing the shipping company for $500 and an insurance claim because, according to you, they were negligent in how they shipped your product. Tell me what happened here. Uh, I went into a new business in Valley Stream, New York, and I uh, wanted to give them the business, so I uh, shipped my package. Tell me how you, when you say shipped your package, uh, what exactly do you mean? I brought a box with the light and it was closed up. They they said it was looked a little loose in there. They made me open it and they repacked it. How did you package the light? I packed packaged it in a box with with paper. With what kind of paper? With the brown paper that they used to pack it. Was it a glass fixture? It was a chrome and glass, yeah. But you had not bubble wrapped it even though it was glass. Is that correct? Right. And then the employee who's at the place does what? She shakes it and says, this has too much movement? Yeah. And then she puts more craft paper in. She, re- she redid it, right. Okay, now, she call, according to you, she called someone and asked them what to do. Who was the, the young person working there that day? 
my daughter. Okay. So do you recall her calling you? I called her. How did you call her? There's a camera that detects the movement in the store. So when I saw a movement, I usually click onto the camera so I can see what's going on. Okay. Right? And what happened? So she went through the process and um, I saw that he wanted insurance. So that's what made me call in. I said, well, Connie, um, I, is it moving around? Shake the box. See if it's moving around. She said, yes. I said, well, ask him if he wants some paper, craft paper to put in it so there's no movement. And she asked him and he said, yeah. And she handed him the craft paper to put in the box. And then who put the craft paper in the box? He did. Your daughter's not here to testify, right? My daughter has school. She's okay. 16 years old. Um, so wh when you're looking at what's going on, is he on camera actually mm -hmm. putting the craft paper in? I could see her pull the craft paper uh -huh. and hand it to him. And hand it to him. And then do you see him on camera putting the craft paper in or no? No. Could you see what was in the box? No. No. Did you get paid to package this or just to ship it? No, no, I get no. I didn't get we did not package it for him. OK. And you so, charge no. when you package something, right? That's a separate charge. That's correct. That's correct. So he buys insurance. And by the way, Mr. Marola, you were shipping this to whom? Like how, you had sold this on eBay or something? What? Oh, yeah. On Facebook, on Facebook, Mark. Uh, yeah. On Facebook market. And you had and, sold uh, it for how much? $450. Why? Why does your complaint say you sold it for 200 sir? I don't know. I don't know why it says that. Well, it's your complaint. I mean, what did you I'm sell it for? Back. Okay, now we, get, now we have a proof issue. So I'd like to see proof that you sold it for 200 I just would really like to know that you were shipping it to somebody legitimately. Um, and also, you tell me in your complaint that it's 200 You tell me... Uh, you're suing for 500 and you're verbally under oath now telling me you sold it for 450 Let me let me just say one thing. The value of the item is over $1,000. When did that happen? Because you sold it for 200 or no, but 450 it's, it's used. If I have to replace it, that's what it's worth. Yeah, you don't get replacement value. You get the replacement of the item that got broken. But now, well, uh, if you, get, can you prove to me whether you sold it for 200 or for 450 I don't have that. Can I speak, Your Honor? Yeah, as, let me hear what your response is to why he shouldn't. I, I, I know what your response is to why he shouldn't get 500 or 1,000. But what is your response to why he shouldn't get 200, uh, which is what he claims he sold it for? Tell me, let me hear from you on that. Because he did buy insurance. Isn't this what the insurance right. is for? Let me hear your defense mm -hmm. to that. So with the insurance claim, the um, insurance carrier requested pictures of the item being shipped. Right. Okay. I, I mean, now when you look at the pictures, <laughs> I, I, I felt as though once I saw the pictures, I felt as though it was a whole scam, an insurance scam from the beginning. Okay. So here's because a picture no of the box you're... a little bit crushed. And then, I mean, right. as insurance mm -hmm. scams go, this wouldn't be like a really good one, right? Because All right. it's just a little... Light, so. <laughs> and then look at the packaging because remember I mentioned that my well, the packaging is ridiculous. No, you don't send glass without having bubble wrap. Mr. Marola, here's where my mind is going. So here's what I want you to respond to. Ms. Hawkins, according to you and according to Mr. Marola, he did not pay you to package it. Mm -hmm. You did make a claim for the insurance, correct? That he purchased okay. on his behalf, on his behalf, the carrier through the carrier as well as the mine insurance And company. both of them right. denied it. Yes. And they denied it 
I've seen the denials. The denials are specifically because of the way it was packaged. It was destined to be broken. It was not packaged appropriate for transit. The critical question in this case is who packaged it? If you paid to have them package it, that's one thing. If they're being a good Samaritan and saying, dude, this is shaking. Let's give you some more craft paper. Does that automatically mean now that somehow they've become responsible for the way it got packaged? Both FedEx and the insurance carrier have denied your claim saying that whose package is glass like this, you know, because it should have been bubble wrapped. They packaged it. They did not package they packaged it. it. They did not package, they did package it. it. They did not package it. I you brought were, it there. They said it was not packaged right, and they put more paper in it. Okay, they, they gave said you more paper to put, so no deed, good deed goes unpunished. Magically, that means you paid for packaging. Packaging is a different service. There are some minimum standards that are involved in this case. Minimum standards. If you're going to ship glass, then you should wrap it in bubble wrap. And if you don't know how to ship glass, then take it over to the shipping place and have the shipping company bubble wrap it for you and do what needs to be done. Uh, because I guess the plaintiff's position is that your daughter should have looked at it and said, you idiot, you can't ship this like that. And you need to ship this a different way just because she gave him more craft paper. And I don't think that's the case. I mean, that's what happens when you pay for, sh- for somebody to do your packing for you. But essentially what happened here, the plaintiff's version is that there should be if I pay for insurance and then I, 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 I ship it in a crappy way, I not only get the $200 that I sold it for, according to my complaint, I get the $450 that I've changed my testimony to that I sold it for. And not even that. Never mind. I'm going to sue for the whole $500. This case is open and shut. I bought insurance. That's the end of it. But that's not how it works. You still have to do your part responsibly, which both of these, both the carrier and the insurance company found you didn't. And I happen to end up agreeing with them. I can make my own decision, but I agree with them. Nobody puts craft paper over glass and doesn't expect that it and thinks it's ready for transit. Verdict for the defendants. So the plaintiff fails in his attempt to get $500 from the defendant. Mr. Marola, do you feel at all responsible because you didn't pack it better and put, as the judge said, put no, some bubble really. wrap around not that really. I put it into a packing company. Not really. They had a 15-year-old little girl working there that did not know the business. Shouldn't even been working there at 15 years old. She didn't know the business. So I was misinformed on the the way it should have been packed. And that's it. That's her decision. That's final. All righty. Well, the judge's decision is final, too. And unfortunately, you lose. I'm sorry about that, but that's the way it goes. Uh, Ms. Hawkins, how do you feel about the outcome? I'm sure you're relieved at this point, right? I, I felt it was just, I, I kind of figured that this was, I mean, you don't put in glass like that. And if you pay for packing, then we'll pack it for you. We're pa- print, print, pack, and ship. That's what we do. If you want to print, you pay for that. If you want to pack, you pay for that. And if you want to ship it, you'll pay for that also. And like she said, no go D goes unpunished. All right. So that's the way it works out on this case. Let's see what Harvey has to say about it. Harvey? Doug, I gotta say, a lot of these problems can be avoided when you ship something, especially something that's expensive. If you get insurance, you should always check with the shipper. How much does it cost? And then you gotta decide, is it worth it to me? Because who wants to fight over who's right and who's wrong if you get the insurance company to pay? Hello, judges. You mentioned contractors being bad at showing up or not communicating with you. 
did you yourselves have a bad experience or a funny one? Oh, goodness. Throughout the years, we have had, first of all, I come from a long line of contractors. My father's a contractor. My brother is a contractor. And um, one time, my dad- We've used plenty of them. And we've used used contractors. Remodeling, building. Remodeling, building. Yeah. And uh, one time, I actually caught my father moving the, the, uh, do you remember this? Moving the septic tank from the plans, like he sees it on the plans, right. he goes, nah, nah, don't do it over there. Just go ahead and put it over here. And the septic guy actually put the tank in the wrong, instead of following right. the, I, I, and I looked, I go, what are you guys? Cause they were just old school right. and he liked it better there, but you know, we have rules. Right. And we have, there's so, a reason why. There's a reason that the right. city of Coral Gables approved it right. exactly where they approved. So the whole thing had to be done again. I'm like, right. dad, don't do that. Don't do that <laughs> again. You know, follow the plans that the architect has. Right. I looked better. I think it was better over there. And he made right. me right but it doesn't matter. This is what, what was approved. Right. So yeah, we've we've had thousands of, as far as I'm concerned, my theory is that they go to the person who's squeaking the the squeakiest wheel and when they show up and at my house, wheel. oh, I'm a squeaky wheel, but I'm also, <sighs> I'm not making Cuban coffee and I'm, anybody want breakfast? Anybody want anything? Just to please God, let them show up at my place because I know how hard this is, it is. To, 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 it shouldn't be, but it is, it's the reality. Yeah. There's, it's a tough, tough thing to remodel and hire a, a contractor and, and to try to make sure they show up, make sure they get the work done, make sure it's done on time, make sure it's done right. And uh, what's that phrase? Uh, cheap, fast, and good. Pick two. Pick two, right. This is the plaintiff, Robert Fulmore. He says he brought his car to the defendant to get it repaired. And the defendant promised him the car would be fixed in one week. Well, the guy gave him the runaround for months. He had to rent a car due to the defendant's ineptitude. And he's here suing him for the $1,772.66 he's owed. This is the defendant, Tommy Thorndike. He says the guy blew out the engine on a car he sold him. And he did everything in his power to find him a new engine during the pandemic. This was no easy task. It was his top priority. But sometimes there are factors which are simply out of his control. So he owes nothing. He's accused of taking way too long. All parties, please raise your right hands. Welcome back to the People's Court. Next case on the docket, the plaintiff says that he brought his car to the defendant's shop and says the guy took months and months to fix it, so he wants to be reimbursed for his rental car costs. Now, the defendant says he did everything in his power to find a new engine for the guy's car and explained to him there was a pandemic going on, so it might take a while. It's the case of a car catastrophe. Thank you, Doug. You're welcome. Mr. Fulmore, you are suing Wiz Autos Service Center, represented here by Mr. Thorndike. You're the controller? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Uh, for $1,772.66 in car rental fees that you feel they should have to pay you, as well as some inspection invoices. All right. Had you bought your car from them? Yes. You, yes. you leased it or I, bought I, it? I leased it. I'm okay. Financed it. Wait, I'm, I'm confused. You said financed and leased. Is this a leased car or is this a car that was financed, Mr. Thorndike? It was purchased and financed. Purchased and financed. So it's not leased. Okay. All right. You had a problem with the car on March 24th. What was the problem you had with the car? The engine had blue. Okay. So you called them because what? Is it under warranty? 
Yes, it's under my extended warranty. Okay. Um, and is there any question, Mr. Thorndike, that it was under warranty? It's under a third-party smart auto care warranty, yes. That you sold them? Yes. All right, so then what right. happens? You take the car over there, and what happens? I had it towed over there, and uh, I got a text back saying that the engine needed to be replaced. And you had been driving it for how long? Like a year. At okay. that time, it was a year. Okay, so you leave it there because you have an extended warranty. They say they're going to repair it, and what happens? They said they're going to repair it. Um, they told me just wait and see what the warranty company do as far as a rental. Um, and I just, I just been waiting, waiting, waiting. Um, well, did I you have the kind call. of warranty that paid for a rental? Yes. Can I see it? Yes. See, typically the people who are repairing your car have an obligation to repair your car under the warranty, right? which is a third-party warranty. It's not from them. They sold it to you, but it's a third party. It's called ASE that has the warranty on it. Now, um, typically, they, don't want, they wouldn't pay for rentals during the time it's getting repaired. So where did you get the idea that they would pay for a rental or they should pay for a rental? The adjuster, um, the adjuster, uh, through the contract, through my uh, contract, they told a judge that they approved for two days rental, and okay. that they can that you they prove anything you're saying right now? Yes, I uh, did a smart auto care um, pay stub that they had paid for for the rental. Um, that's the warranty. That's what they covered the two two days. $50 oh, okay. A day. So they covered two days of rental. You received that from the warranty company, but you believe yes. that. The auto service center needs to pay for the rest of your rental. Right. Okay. Right, yes, All right. Yes, so, yes, Mr. Fulmore, yes. on what theory would uh, Wiz Auto Service Center have to pay for your rental? Because they took too long. Um, they told the adjuster, Cam Denota, the lady that was conducting my case, she told me, they told the adjuster that it would take up to 14 hours to complete the job. 14 so hours? It, does, it takes yes. 14 hours to get a return phone call. And then you're lucky. That's ridiculous. Of course, you're not going to get a new engine in 14 hours. No. Welcome back to the People's Court. So, you know, everybody is affected by the pandemic. But in this case, the question, how long does somebody have to wait for something after plunking down money to have something fixed? Let's go back into the courtroom. Look, everything takes longer. I had a car that was in from June 5th till October something because I couldn't get the part. So believe me, I sympathize with you, okay? But on what theory do they have to pay your rental fees just because, you know, COVID exists. There's a worldwide pandemic and it's hard to get parts and it takes a little longer. And on what theory does that obligate them to pay your rental car fees? That's what your well, warranty's I'll for. And typically, like, if, if I get insurance and my insurance only lets me get $100 for the car, I, I don't turn around and then sue somebody else because somebody's got to pay more than that when I'm only entitled to two days. Um, so, no, I don't find that they're responsible for your car rental fees. But now there's two things you're suing for that do concern me. What is this? The Honda inspection invoice and Hyundai inspection invoice. Tell me about that. Well, after... They put the engine in, and um, I took it to different places to get Wait, a different stop, perspective. Wait, stop, stop. So different... are we talking about after August 3rd when you picked it up? Yes. Okay, what happens? The car started leaking. It was the valve current gas. It was leaking, and I kept taking it to Wiz Autos, and they keep telling me there's no leak, no leak. So that's why I got those other invoices. Okay, 
So that happens on September 16th. And then you take it to two other places yes. said there was a leak, right? Yes. And the two other places are Hyundai and Honda. Do you have anything in writing from Wiz Auto Service Center saying there's nothing wrong with your car, Mr. No, I don't have nothing. Okay, you should always get, like, in cases like this, you should always get some proof that they are, you have to get, you have to get something from them every time they talk and get something yeah. in writing that says what they're telling you. Um, but Mr. Thorndike, I ask you, what possible reason would he have to seek the other point of view to prove to you there's something wrong unless somebody from there is saying, ah, you know, there's nothing wrong, there's nothing wrong. There would be no motivation to do that. I find that I'm going to order Wiz Auto Service Center to pay for the two estimates that, that say there's something wrong with the engine. That's the 220-23. I am not going to order them to pay anything for car rental. That's not their obligation. It's just not. So I'm finding in favor of the plaintiff in the amount of $220.23 verdict for the plaintiff. So the plaintiff recovers a small bit of what he was seeking here in the people's court, $220, but he does not get the rental car fees back of $1,772. Uh, Mr. Thorndike, I'm sure you relieved the fact that you're not on the hook for his car rental fees. That's that's not a shock to you at all, is it? I mean, you're, you knew that no, was going to happen, right? We specifically exclude that, yes. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Uh, let's talk to the plaintiff now. Mr. Fulmore, I'm sure you're disappointed that you're not getting the rental car fees back, but do you understand why the judge made that decision? Absolutely. Well, you are going to get the money back for those estimates. How's the car doing now, by the way? Is it uh, still smoking? What's the story now? They told me if it's uh, still uh, smoking within a few weeks or so, bring it back and get it fixed. That's all they said. All right. Well, it's under warranty. That's what you can do. Keep going back. <laughs> they'll, they'll have to keep fixing it. All right. Yeah. Good luck. Okay. That'll wrap it up for this case. Hopefully his problems are over now. Let's hope so. Anyway, Harvey. Well, Doug, it's as simple as this. The deal did not provide for car rental reimbursement. This is something you can negotiate up front, but not after the fact. Hello, judges. You mentioned contractors being bad at showing up or not communicating with you. Did you yourselves have a bad experience or a funny one? We've had contractors who came to our house to do small jobs that might have been, you know, uh, $500 or less jobs who like did $1,000 damage oh, backing yeah. out of the driveway and right. hit the fence or, or they'll bring a truck in and the truck drops brake fluid, transmission fluid, power steering fluid, or the plumber oil, the something, and it's all over the driveway. I'm like, oh crap, now the I, plumber now, who right. fixed the cap oh, with geez, something. That, that's too painful to too talk about. Too painful to talk about, right? <laughs> the entire house was destroyed. Right, all right, to change a, a, a water heater. Because it, it, it was a vacation place, we didn't live there, so right. we didn't know about it till a right. neighbor notified us the next day. Right, that was, that's a whole another nightmare. But you know, they'll do damage to your place if you're not on top of stuff. I mean, it, it cost us time and money to just degrease the driveway to get rid of the stain. It was more than the cost of the so, work. So yes, whenever you are dealing with a contractor, you want to get everything in writing. Right. You want everything as much broken detail down as you can get. Detail of right. what is included and what is not included. 
Um, and, and most importantly, you gotta hold back some cash. Yes. It's gotta be a, enough to make it hurt, to make it worthwhile, to make them feel invested in making sure the stuff gets done right. So that last payment, kind of hold on to it until, right. until you walk through the stuff and you say, yeah, that looks pretty good. And then boom, hand over the money. Right. right. And if you're really interested in them being licensed and bonded and not just saying that later, then make <laughs> sure that you are interested, that, that you see that right. they're licensed and bonded. That'll do it today. We'll see you tomorrow on The People's Court.